Hello, and you're very welcome to the book club at Leitrim Daily. I'm Mary Blake, and I'm here today with Hilda King, Orla Kelly, and our guest, Michal Gagan, to discuss this month's book, which is called The Art of the F- the Art of Falling by Danielle McLaughlin. Hilda chose this book. Hilda, give us an overview on this book, please. Nessa McCormick is the main character in this book, and it's she tells the story from her point of view. She's an art historian in her 40s and she's married to Philip and they have one daughter, Jennifer, who's 16. And the story is set in Cork. Now, the plot initially runs along two independent strands, Nessa's personal life and her professional life. The storyline then twists in and out between the two and eventually become interlinked towards the end of the book or towards the latter half. On a personal front, Nessa's marriage is dealing with the fallout from uh, an affair her husband had and the repercussions it has on the marriage and their daughter, Jennifer. And at work, Nessa's preparing for an exhibition of a renowned Irish sculptor, Robert Locke, when a woman turns up and claims the chalk sculpture, his most famous piece, is hers. This sets off a series of inquiries and events, events not only for Nessa and the gallery, but also unearths Locke's murky past. A past Locke's widow, Eleanor, and the daughter, Loretta, would rather keep hidden and deny. Nessa's past intrudes on her own life in the guise of her dead friend's son and his father, when Catherine, an old flatmate from her student days, invites Nessa to meet up with them. Now, Nessa eventually is forced to confront a betrayal she has managed to keep secret till now and deal with the implications it will bring up. So as well as ownership of art, the novel is a tale of infidelity, betrayal and deceit. Good, good wrap up there, Hilda. Yes, very good. So this is a debut novel from Danielle McLaughlin. Is she a Cork woman herself? Orla, do you know, is she from Cork? She is. Yeah, she yeah, is. Yeah. Um, the, yeah, this is her first novel as well. Yeah, she's um, published, I'm sure Hilda would say this, a uh, acclaimed short story collection called Dinosaurs and Other Stories. And it came out, oh, four, about four Tw- or five years ago, approximately. Hmm. 2015, yeah. 2015, yeah, yeah. Orla, what do you think of the book? Um, I don't know, it's a big question, Mary. Um. I don't know. I, I kind of felt indifferent towards it. Uh, liked it some parts of it, didn't like other parts of it. I think there was a lot to like. I think there was a lot to be meh about. I felt a lot of meh about it. I wouldn't know how to classify it. I don't know if it's overly commercial. I um, When I read a book sometimes, and certainly if I like it, I, I, I think, who am I going to actually recommend this to? You know, if you like this book, you like something else. I, I couldn't figure out who I'd recommend this to. Um, I like the writing. Uh, the first person narrative worked for me. I thought that flowed very well, but um, elements throughout the story just didn't didn't work enough for me to say I love this book or I didn't like this book. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I I feel a bit meh about it to be honest with you. I think there's a lot to discuss, but uh, it feels unresolved, and I feel a lot of it was clumsy, um, and some of it was a bit gauche, and yeah, just. She tried to, I suppose, a little bit like a first novel in terms of that she threw the kitchen sink into it. Not unlike Donald Ryan, my friend, um, from last month. But I think she threw the kitchen sink in this and I don't think she pulled everything off. Well, I liked this book. 
Michal, what did you think of your your uh, this book this month with us? Um, yeah, I think I'd go along with what Orla was saying, really. I was a little bit disappointed with it. Um, I haven't read her short stories, but I'd heard so many great things about it, and I was sort of expecting more from this book. And um, yeah, I thought it was kind of a bit a bit clumsy in places, and it was a bit sort of like in a lightweight in a way as well. Um, there were a lot of things to like about it as well. I thought the character dynamics were interesting enough, but um, I, to be honest, I found the characters slightly unrelatable. Um, or certainly, I couldn't entirely empathise with all of them anyway. And, I mean, I know that that's normal in a book or to be expected, but I really found it hard to, to empathise with any of the characters. And I thought that some of the dialogue was a bit exposition-y, you know, there was um, a bit clumsy, but... Um, yeah, there's a lot to like about it as well. Yeah. Um, character dynamics and the plot overall, uh, I thought, were interesting and had potential, but maybe she didn't pull it off I get quite you. that well. Yeah, good. Hilda, what did you think? Yeah, I uh, I was sort of middle of the road about it. I thought it was very readable. Um, I thought the plot was complicated. Uh, it made the book very busy. Um, and I think... Nessa was very well scripted, the main character, but a lot of the other characters were given quite a bit of equal space, but they were all flawed. That's what got me. You nearly all the characters were flawed, bar maybe Catherine and Jennifer. Um, I liked what I liked about it was I thought she did um, some of the confrontations with her daughter very well, uh, and Miss Johnson, and some of the and with Melanie, the uh, the woman who claimed the piece of art. Um, and I liked the way she wove the the personal life and the professional life insofar as that's ordinary life. We all have our things going to work in our heads and, you know, that sort of weave in and out between the two. I thought she, she did that quite well. But overall, I would have liked more depth. I thought that was lacking. I thought there was a lot of issues she brought up, you know, about infidelity and relationships and betrayals. And we just didn't hear how she felt about them at all, you know, it, that was just left out. Now, maybe that was her purpose as well in, in her book to show us a sort of a, a shallow life type of style almost. But I thought it was well written. What I, I thought it was well written too. Um, mm -hmm. What I thought was interesting about it, even though the women were very central characters, very important characters, but I really felt they all their lives were all really dictated by men. Like um, Philip had this affair. We know we find out in the first uh, chapter that Nessa, the main character, her husband had an affair, which has really over, which overshadows the whole thing. It's uh, it's this infidelity that interestingly has affected. It shows how it affected their daughter and their daughter's friendships and relationships and that whole public affair in a I know it was set in a big town Cork but that public affair where everybody knows about it your your child's teacher knows about it your friends know about it I mean that's a very humiliating place in which to set this character and I thought that that was um that was a very interesting thing because an affair was what has was the um core of the other storyline that comes in later about the about the, the affair in Ness's past. So I think that was interesting. And this character, Locke, this very charismatic artist who is now dead, he is still, his ghost is all over the place. 
And interesting how his now 86-year-old wife and his adult daughter are still living on his legacy. And, and his, his work and his life as an artist really defined them, even though we found out at one stage that his wife was also an artist of sort, but it was never for her to pursue that because he was the artist and all the energy went into him and his career. Orla, anything to add to that side of it? Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly would. I mean, it, it, I absolutely agree with you that it was a novel that where women were central. But the only real character that for me that was ever developed really and who had any three dimension to her was Nessa. Um, it was very much revolved around um, revolved around men and their reaction to it. Interestingly, very early on in the novel, when we um, discovered that Philip's, it's revealed a Philip's affair and there's, she makes some comments. She said, now I'm paraphrasing, I don't, I couldn't find the exact quote today when I went to look at it, but we would have been separated by now if Philip's mother had raised him differently. And I really, oh, that really gave me, a, you know, annoyance because um, I, I felt that that was the only thing. And then, as you say, this publicly played out, um, everybody knows about your affair. But yet the only thing it didn't seem to affect was Jennifer's relationship with her father. It affected Jennifer's relationship with her mother. Now, I think that could be quite realistic. And, uh, but I, I would have liked that more developed, that that whole reasoning behind that. Also, the, the affair was mentioned, um, but it wasn't again... It still felt, I suppose, because Philip wasn't really a character in this book. He was just, um, he was just Philip. And we don't really know much about him to have even lamented or felt sorry for or empathized with her in terms of that I felt. Um, so from that, from that perspective, I didn't wear, and Robert Locke, it seemed was as they all revolved around him, even Melanie Durr, you know, that whole sense of just keeping it there, but it was never properly understood why she was coming back now, 20 years after his death. Um, and I, I don't know the idea that he was a bit of a, a player of his time, you know, it, I'm surprised if she was an art historian. This was a part of the thing that surprised me in, in the development of Nessa as a character, as an art historian, that she wouldn't have uh, had an idea that he was a bit of a whatever um, in, her in her historical look at him, that it seemed to come as a surprise to her in a way. And, um, and that surprised me. But then, you know, some of the way she conducted her job and trying to investigate Melanie's ownership, I don't think was... Um, was very I think, professional. I, I think it is interesting in how we revere artists as well, because sometimes you would see, you know, like a, a very wonderful musician or somebody might get away with behavior that the rest of us don't get, get away with because he or she is this amazing, you know, fiddle player or whatever. And everybody has to put up with his, um, his ways because he's an artist and because, you know, we, we, we look up to him. Another interesting thing you said there, I feel, was um, the, the Jennifer's misplaced anger. I think that was very interesting that Jennifer somehow seemed to be angry with her mum and her friend Mandy instead of being angry with her dad. You know what I mean? I, I thought that was interesting. Michal, have you something to come in on there? Um, sure. Yeah. I mean, just in relation to um, Robert Locke, um, he's I did sort of want to talk about his character. And I think it, that narrative had the potential to really um, tease out kind of the historical idea of how talented women have been sidelined by men. Um, their careers and their ambitions have been sidelined by men. 
um, and in the interests of men's careers. And I just thought that it was underdeveloped in a way. It was sort of like, it almost felt like she was getting into something uh, with Melanie in particular, but also with Eleanor and the, the relationships and how essentially both of them had been sidelined by Locke um, and he had sort of appropriated their work essentially. Um, and I really thought it was it was going somewhere and then it just sort of, it, it almost cut off before it got there um, was was the, the sense that I got from it. Um, the other thing when we were talking about character development um, and the relationships between characters, I really had a problem with the, the historical narrative of Nessa and Amy's relationship and Nessa's betrayal, which I just thought, again, uh, her motivation was just never really explored sufficiently. I mean, it was a massive betrayal that sort of just is never really addressed adequately, in my opinion. Those are yeah. kind of the two thoughts I had on it. Anyway. Absolutely, yeah, that's really interesting. And it's interesting that, you know, if from a male point of view and a younger person's point of view, Michal, I'm really interested in, in what you th thought of the different characters. I have a little review here that was written by um, Julia McEnany from the uh, Manor Hamilton book club. She read the book and joined in. Julia, a.k.a. my mammy. So Julia just sent me these few words. She said, when I started reading this book, I thought I would love it. However, as I continued, I find it, found it difficult to distinguish between the numerous characters. So I had to backtrack regularly and this annoyed me. So I thought that was interesting. She goes on and talks about, about um, the um, art, artist and she enjoyed when um, this lady, Melanie, caused a bit of a stir. I enjoyed her character. She was quaint and hippie and brought a new texture to the story. So I think that was interesting. Another messy affair, Nessa's husband with the mother of the daughter's best friend. The effect of this affair on the children of both parties was well told and interesting. So she um, talks about how we spilt the beans and how it was upset for Luke to find out. So when Luke found out about the affair in this way, he, it was upsetting for him as he became close to Ness's family. So a lot of tragic tales and no laughs. I thought the book was long-winded, a bit like this resume, says Julia. And she gives, <laughs> it a six out, she gives it a six out of ten. But I think it's interesting in how she said how the affair, it's just the, the ripple effect of these affairs on especially the children's lives, I thought was interesting. Hilda, can I bring you in there on anything we've been discussing? Yeah, I mean, um, what happened with Amy and Nessa when they were students, um, it, was, it, was, it was a horrific thing to, to do, you know, to go off with your best friend, your, yeah, your best, one of your best friend's uh, partner, and, and not just a one-off thing, but right over a whole summer and... Um, and, you know, like the sort of the blurb in the book was sort of how secrets um, haunt us and all this. But it never really seemed to haunt Nessa. She she told us she felt guilty and told us she was shame. But we never it was never discussed throughout the whole book, her her um, reflection on it at all. And I thought worse than that, she has another dis indiscretion, we call it later uh, in her life, which this is when she's married, you know, and uh, so I, I, I felt the author was confusing in whatever she was trying to put across Nessa as, or maybe she was trying to put her across as um, a person who just um, gets on with things and I feel like this now and I'll have it and I want this marriage. We never felt there was any love in that marriage particularly, mm -hmm. but she wanted it to work. 
you know, so there was a lot of issues, but nothing really teased out. Isn't that interesting as well, that Nessa didn't really feel terribly remorseful about this affair until she realised that Amy had actually known about it before she died. Because up until this, she she had kind of felt like, look at Amy never knew, it's over, yada, yada. But um, then to find out later that it actually could have been a, a contributing, you know, factor to uh, her death, I think must have been rather haunting, you know. And um, just on, on that, on the affair Philip had, her reaction, I mean, she pulled the door off a wardrobe or something, but we didn't get any emotional reaction. But she also mm-hmm. s- described it as um, if it was on a scale of one to ten uh, of women, I I would have put I would have expected it to be a woman who was around eight or a nine. Yeah. Um, and she put Cora at four. I mean, I thought that was just telling us mm-hmm. so much about this character again. Um, but I, that is interesting in that from her point of view, she's saying you had an you didn't not only did you have an affair, you had an affair with. Like her old homegrown exactly. exactly, exactly. So she's trying good. to drive this this character. I I think this Nessa character was to me unfolding more unlikable all the time. Yeah, I thought she was fickle, really, in the end of the day. But you needed to deduct that rather than um, the author going into any of these emotions, you know. But I kind of felt sorry for Nessa somehow. I don't know why. Do any of the rest of you feel sorry for Nessa? You just think, nah. Absolutely no, me not. No. You didn't. No. Did you feel there were victims in this book? That's the sound of thinking. <laughs> was there anybody that you just said, oh, God, that was tough? Michal? Um, I guess two um, characters, I would say, that I would regard as victims to some extent. Um, or three, Loretta. maybe. Uh, certainly Jennifer, uh, their their daughter, who's who's the real victim in both of her parents' behaviour. Um, her friend, Mandy, as well. Um, and I would say arguably um, Melanie, as well, um, to a certain extent, yeah. is, is a victim. Um, certainly a victim. You get the feeling of, of Locke's manipulation. Um, she was very young um, when she had her relationship with with Locke, he was a much older older man, and you feel that he um, used his fame and his position um, to sort of manipulate her. Um, that would be my takeaway from it. And the fact that she was kind of a cookie character too, I think, helped to kind of def- deflect the attention from, uh, you know, from us wondering, is she authentic or is this just a complete kind of you know, somebody who's just sees an opportunity to come in and get a bit of sure. attention. Orla, what do you think? Is there any, who did you feel for? Well, I would actually add Loretta to that list as well, because oh, yeah. I felt I felt really sorry for Loretta because she she didn't stand a chance. She was so controlled um, by her circumstance, by her family circumstance. And I, I you couldn't see that changing for her afterwards, you know, um, controlled by her father and idolizing him as well. Uh, again, with that, you know, and stifled um, and then completely completely um controlled by her mother and i i felt i felt sorry for loretta because they're trapped in somebody else's pattern of life and i i thought that was very sad and did loretta ever have an independent life did we ever find out that about loretta did she have a career or a a partner or a friend she just seemed to just be in waiting the whole time Mm. interesting 
So Hilda, you um, you're, you you did do, what? What did you think about um, the, the son, Amy's son? Was it Josh? Luke. 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 Sorry. Yeah. Luke. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, like I suppose you know the 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 story was well told that way where when he arrived over and he wanted to find out about his mom, and uh, fair enough. And we had the the um, chat she had in the friend's house. And uh, I suppose we were given to believe that he was sort of uh, a bit off the wall in the end, um, the way he behaved with um, the artist and that, and trying to inveigle Jennifer into his life in some way or other. Um, but he gave, he probably gave um, Nessa what she needed to be told, which was something like, um, you think, you know, you have everything, you have the marriage, a husband, your daughter, and you, you know, you possibly, because of what you did with my father, you might have caused my mother's death type of thing, you know, but uh, he put it to her, but I don't know again if she got much reflection on it or took much from it. But it was a really fair point. I mean, this young man had okay. questions and I think he, he um, I, I can really understand his motivation for coming over and finding these diaries and really wanting some answers from this woman who was his mother's best friend, apparently, as far as he had known up until then. So I think it was really legitimate that he had these 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 questions. Um, oh, to you know. totally, totally. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. So as well as that, these are quite middle class people, aren't they? We have a, an architect. And and we have Nessa. So an architect, Philip, married to Nessa, who is a curator or an art historian. But, you know, they're well healed people. But we do find out that he has lost his money. Hasn't Philip somehow lost his money? Yeah. yeah. And that's why, you know, things have really changed for them. So I think it's interesting that it's set in a time of huge change for this family. There has been this affair. There is this financial issue now that has made them go they inher he inherited that house from his mother you know there's the affair there's her career is kind of crumbling so I do think it's in a it's really set in in a place where this family's life is falling apart and I'm a bit I was disappointed for Nessa at the end I was disappointed with the choice she took at the end mm -hmm. To to go, I had really I was really plugging for her to stay and maintain her career and you know but yeah I was a bit a bit disappointed by that ending. Anybody else have feelings on the ending? Yes, I was disappointed also. Also, yeah. I, I think that the the level of the the nature of the relationship that was established between uh, Philip and Nessa, I, I don't know. I just didn't feel anyway. You know. Um, not that it wasn't genuine, but it wasn't developed. It wasn't underscored because what? He just took her out to a restaurant and said, oh, and by the way, we're moving to Wales. And you just think, because mm -hmm, that's how that works. You know, yes. your whole, you're moving your whole life and your whole family. The whole bankruptcy thing wasn't discussed. It, it just, I, I don't know, it just felt like she just went, okay, how am I going to wrap this up? And I agree, this then this whole idea of bumping into this this student dying to meet her. And I'm thinking, why? Because she hasn't, she certainly, it just doesn't feel right. And um, I, I don't know, I just felt it was just too easy that it all worked out. And then Mandy Wilson is coming over to stay with them. And it's, it, it didn't resolve any issues for me. And there she is just wandering the, the lakes and the walkways of Wales. Like, you know, uh, uh, hoping that he'll get out of his bankruptcy and he's continuing with his career. Yeah, you know, it didn't, it didn't work for me at all. Michal. 
Yeah, I mean, it really felt like a convenient way out of the problems um, that, that weren't resolved in the story. It did feel just like an escape route in the end, which I suppose is um, a bit of a condemnation of storytelling when, when you need to um, find your way out of a story in that way by, by escaping from uh, problems that aren't resolved. Um, I definitely felt that as well. It was disappointing. But in a lot of books, I sometimes think it's the story not told. I was interested in in things that um, we kind of nearly knew about. And as well, the fact that Nessa was still suspecting his infidelity. At one stage, she said the daughter came home and said, yeah, I was a choir practice. And Nessa says to herself, yeah, you were a choir practice the way your dad is at the office or something like that, which <laughs> meant there was, still was that breakdown of trust. In, in the relationship, of course, I'm sure that's always the way when there's an affair. But I mean, that, and that's still acceptance of that, that level of happiness and in, in a marriage to be able to say, oh, we just got to move on and move lives and start all over again. I don't know. I felt that, that I felt that was I, I, I think it's still read very well. But I, I, if I knew Nessa, I would be advising her otherwise, put it that way. But um, yeah, I, I think it read well. I think it was a well-written I think this woman can write. That's for sure. I really felt it was nicely written. Orla, do you? Do you think it was well yeah, written? Yeah, I liked yeah. it. I, well, I, I suppose when the writing doesn't get away in the way of the story, I'm not noticing the writing. I always think that's a good thing. When I start to notice the, uh, if there's, although there was a few repetitious um, bits in it and there was some very clumsy, clunky bits. Um, but generally overall, yeah, I did. I liked the writing. I liked the first um First person narrative that works for me. I thought she did okay with this. I liked it. I was disappointed though with it generally as a as a read. And what about the themes in the book, Orla, you wanted to mention? Oh well I think we've kind of covered them all. Like yeah, you know, yeah. secrets, you know, secrets and lies and infidelity and you know, yeah. depression, a bit of bullying. I mean, she threw everything in. She didn't uh, develop um, an awful lot of things because I mean the opening the opening gambit is that she's going to school to talk to the teacher about um, bullying and not that her daughter's being bullied but her that her daughter is the bully and then it's just left and you're thinking what what happened here mm-hmm. also I don't know about you but I don't know any teacher that would actually have the this the sheer <laughs> chaputs to say to somebody I'd say it's because the fairs that's happening at home is what's happening with your daughter <laughs> nobody you know that really got up my nose I know it's a small thing but it, that jars and when you, when you get your shoulder at a joint like that I just find oh no you know and it was a private fee-paying school we find so these people have a, they have lost a lot you know they have lost a lot they've lost their um maybe their ability to pay for the child's private education and also, they're standing within a community. So these tea parties might be a little awkward now and things like that. So I felt that was that was mm. I like that. And I like the way they use the city of Cork, which is probably the city in Ireland. I know least. But it was interesting mm-hmm. to place it in Cork and still rural Cork was a feature in it, too, going over mm. back to the artist residence. So I thought that was good. And I thought the world of the of sculpture and artistry because I, I after i read it i said maybe this woman is an artist or, or has some his background in it i don't think she has yeah what do we know no. about danielle mclaughlin um she's a, she she was a solicitor um and um she's in her 40s and uh she got she became ill around 2009 and she had to resign or give up her job 
And she started only writing then, which was one of the reasons I wanted to read her because uh, she only really started writing in 2010. And by 2015, she had written the group, the book of short stories, Dinosaurs on Other Planets, and had won wide acclaim for it. Um, so, yeah, she's she's continued to write and continued to... Um, she got um, a, a lot of awards, and she's been published in journals and newspapers and anthologies. Um, most notably, she won the award for the Sunday Time Audible story. And mm. the bigger one was in 2019, she got the Wyndham Campbell Prize for Fiction. And that is €146,000. It's one of the biggest prizes in the world. Uh, it's a bit much bigger than the Booker Prize, for instance. And she's been published in Ireland, the UK, US and Canada. So she's well, well regarded, um, particularly for her short stories, um, even though the reviews on the first novel have been quite positive and, you know, gone, gone down well. And she was a writer in residence in um, University Cork, 2018-2019. Um, so... I'm sure we'll hear more from her, definitely. Well, and Michal, what, uh, what kind of books do you usually enjoy reading? <laughs> um, well, I'm, I'm a bit of a historian, so I, I did um, just finished my PhD in classics. So when I read fiction, I like, I really love historical fiction. Uh, probably my, uh, you know. That's your go-to. It'd be the go-to It'd be the go -to section for me, usually. Um, anything that's compelling, compellingly written historical fiction. And what was um, your PhD in, Michal? Um, it's largely focused on uh, gender studies and masculinity in uh, classical period, ancient Greece. Um, kind of bizarre, bizarre thing to have gotten into, but um, I, I just started as an undergraduate and really got into it and uh, kind of just progressed from there. It became more that's of an cool. obsession. Brilliant. That sounds really interesting. And where are we doing that PhD? Um, NUI Galway. Um, Brilliant. Oh, that's great. Great. So that's your that's your background. It's really interesting. So what what have you been in a book club before or have you or do you attend a book club? Um, I haven't actually, no. No, this is a, a first for me. I did do um kind of the, some creative writing modules in college and stuff like that. So um have a keen interest in reading and fiction. I've always read a lot. Um, but never really joined a book club. It's something I've always been meaning to do and I suppose just never yeah. actually got around to doing it. I think it's so interesting because you, you, I suppose you flesh out a book in a way that you mightn't otherwise once you stop reading it. So I suppose that's the great advantage to a book club. Is there any books you've read recently that you'd recommend? Um, I just recently finished um, Hilary Mantel's trilogy um, on Thomas Cromwell, the secretary to Henry VIII. So... All three of them are wonderful books. I mean, they were written over a fairly lengthy period of time. Um, it's kind of a stream of consciousness type novels um, and absolutely fascinating to read, incredibly well researched. Uh, when you just, you know, for those uh, 1500 pages or so, you're transported into the kind of world of the political intrigue of the court of Henry VIII. It's fascinating stuff. Wow. And is that, are there books that you would really need to have a background in the in the, in the <laughs> honest, I find it really hard to say for sure because I would have read a lot of stuff about Tudor England before I started reading them so I can't really look at them with the eyes of someone who doesn't have uh, that grounding initially but I, I doubt it really um, I can't imagine that they would be that hard to, to, to get into really 
Yeah, brilliant. That's interesting. Well, it was really good to have you on board today, Michal. Thanks for reading the book and joining in. Um, have we anything else to wrap up on the book, guys, before we um, talk about next month's book? Any other observations or thoughts on the book? You all well, seem a bit just, lukewarm on it. I just say the, the art of falling. I, th I always think a title is a very important part of any book. And you, well, for me, I read it sort of against that as a premise, if you want mm -hmm. to call it. And um, so I was sort of all the time trying to think about this title, The Art of Falling. And I was nearly going to throw it out and ask people, what did they think The Art of Falling meant from the book? Um, I think for me, it was something like um, this is, the, you know, you fall down, but you just have to get on with it and go on to the next bit. And Nessa certainly did this uh, as the main character. Um, but I just like to throw it out to everybody else and ask them what did they think the art of falling was about in 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 terms of the title. Thoughts? Anybody? <laughs> I suppose the title to me is like the book cover. I, I mean, I I hadn't really given it much thought, um, but I suppose it is that the art of surviving the fall more than the falling. I suppose it's the art of um, of the art of not falling, maybe, or um, falling safely. I guess. And the rest, you got yeah. thoughts on She she came. She started it by saying uh, to be rather than to seem. To seem, yeah, yeah. And I sort of think that with. The characters she put out, they were all sort of, as I say, most a lot of them were flawed. That she maybe was trying to sell that idea that, um, you know, this book was about how people seemed to be, and there was a lot of murky stuff underneath, and these were the values that they had, you know, in life, and sort of the like where, where was love and emotion and um, remorse. They were never developed because these people were more more concerned with seeming than being. If you, if you, maybe I'm thinking too deeply about it now, but for no, me, there was something there in that. Yeah, I did go back and think about that as well today, Hilda. I was going the art, you know, to it's it's the seeming. I I I was thinking about that as well because that come that came up. You know, it it stayed with me. The art of falling. I just kind of thought it represented that sort of sense of that change and that chaos that enters into your life. Um, sometimes as you go on and, and life is messy, I kind of just took it that way. And the interspersing of the professional with the with the personal and that sometimes when things go wrong, everything kind of can just fall away. Now that's sort of how I, but again, I, I, I did think I was reflecting on that as well. And I thought, Again, it, it just felt like that, that art of the art of it is that, that construction, you know, that kind of sense of it. I mean, maybe it's the play on the uh, on dealing with art as well. I don't know. But again, I think the ending takes away from that for me, takes away from the title because it felt that she she is still in free fall, in my view, as a character. Once I've ended that book, I think she's still in free fall. Mm -hmm. That was it. I, I just couldn't figure it. Michal, yeah. anything on that? Yeah, I would definitely go along with that. I mean, the, I suppose the the narrative is is all about um, her being in in free fall, so to speak. Um, but I felt, I mean, she navigates it quite artfully in a way. Insofar as it doesn't seem to, um, you know, some of the horrors that are kind of revealed to her, she doesn't seem to crumble in the way that um, I feel like. If it was me, I 
would fall apart and it doesn't seem to bother her hugely you know her her emotional reactions to these massive moments are you know negligible um, in my opinion anyway so like yeah. when I was thinking about about the title that was those were my thoughts yes interesting and, and I think it was interesting where the book is situated in a stage of our lives that you would imagine we are quite settled you're in your 40s, you're married, you've got the nice house, the child is well reared, you have your two careers, and it's still, it's to destabilize that, although, you know, what, what on the surface you would look at and say, this is kind of a, this is, these are the benign years, really, you know, the, the, everything is, should be fine. And I think it's interesting that all this chaos was, was put upon that time in your life. And interesting as well, the mother-daughter relationships, both Eleanor's and Lottie's and Ness's and Jennifer's. I just thought it was interesting, the, the mother-daughter thing um, there as well. So, yeah, I thought I thought there was a lot in that book. We haven't even talked about the actual chalk sculpture that was the big contentious issue in the whole thing. This big mm -hmm. sculpture of a faceless pregnant woman that um, somehow a, a little folklore thing went around that it was, was, would, would help with fertility and people wanted it. And this is the, um, the piece of art that um, we're wondering, you know, who really um, has claim on that piece of work. So, yeah, I thought that was interesting, too. I, I had a vision of that piece. I would love to see that piece. Kind of disappointed. It's only a fictional piece, <laughs> but um, yeah, that was interesting. So no, I would give the book certainly. I would give the book a thumbs up, and I think even talking about it, there is a there was a lot in it, but maybe that's a problem too. But um, yeah, I would I would give it a thumbs up, but I think the rest of the year a little bit meh. Middle of the road, middle of the road. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I didn't pick it. I, I don't make the tough decisions like choosing a book. Speaking of choosing a book, is there any books out at the moment that any of you would recommend, apart from the one we are going to be told about for next month? Anything else you think is good I'll read at the moment? Um, That's I've the heard sound that there's of a thinking. new novel out, sorry, um, a new novel out by an American author who's based in Galway. He's called Ryan Dennis. The novel is called The Beast They Turned Away. Um, so it sounds very interesting. He has a particular interest in Irish farming and agriculture. So it's a, it's a rural novel, um, as far as I can tell. And a lot of it deals with um, Irish agriculture in the direction that that's uh, going in. You know, the, the small Irish farm and the small Irish farmer. So it seems like it puts at play some very interesting ideas. That sounds good. And that's his first book, is it, Michal? It's, yeah, that's a debut novel, yeah. Uh, great to see. There's a lot of debut novels out, isn't there? There's a lot of people writing. It's it's wonderful. And, of course, Ireland always punching above its weight. Um, Orla, the shop, uh, Orla, um, did you get any news from Michal Martin about opening or nothing new? No, no I think it's going to be the end of May. It looks like yeah. it sounds sort of the, the the smoke signals. It seems to be the end of May, but hopefully they might do click and collect before then. But we'll see. We just yeah. have to hang on for a little bit longer. I know, but Orla is still delivering and posting and you know, going, around, going around the highways and byways with her bag of books. So, That's yeah, <laughs> business, business as usual. And the libraries yeah. are still closed, of course. So hopefully, yeah, look, unfortunately. 
Although borrow box, borrow box from the yep. library is you can get yeah you can buy you borrow. From, sorry, Hilda, you were going to say that you can get um use that service from the library. So that's great. At least that there, so you can listen to the audio book. So that's great for for people who like that um service. So yeah. Great. That's great. I, I think you can I think you can also ring in and or you know get get a book to collect it. Okay. Yeah, or okay. Can, well, or some in some cases they'll drop it to you, but hmm. yeah. It's it's a phone call to be discussed. <laughs> it's not sort of open every day or anything yeah. like that, but you can boom and yeah. Car. Yeah. And it's it's a good time to be catching up on our reading, I suppose. There's not much else to do, let's be honest. No. Nope. And come here, who's got the book suggestion for next month? I do. Amy. Orla. Um, the book that I've chosen is just a little bit different um, from what we have been reading. It's House of Glass by Hadley Freeman. Hadley Freeman is um, a journalist. She works with The uh, Guardian. She's worked with them for the last um, 20, 21 years. And this is, she's written four books, but this is her first memoir. And it's about her grandmother. So I'll just read you a little bit from it. Um, when Sally Glass died, Hadley discovered a shoebox filled with her grandmother's treasured belongings. By putting together her letters, photos and unpublished memoir, Hadley brings to life Sala and her three siblings, Alex, Jacques and Henri, each making extraordinary bids for survival during the Second World War. And this memoir follows the siblings throughout the 20th century and what they had to endure. I just thought it was interesting to go for a little bit of a change of gear because we've been reading, obviously, exclusively fiction. Um, and it's it's just nice. And I this book has been on my radar for a while. It was published actually this time last year um, and it came out in hardback and it got really nice reviews. And she's a journalist I read. Um, I like her take on life and I like her take on what she writes about. Um, so it was on my radar. I'd been reading a few interviews about it, and I just thought this sounds um, certainly very, very interesting. So it's called House of Glass, Hadley Freeman. That sounds interesting. Well done. Choosing is the hard part. Mm -hmm. It is, because yeah. it, so, it was something different yesterday. <laughs> ah, the responsibility, the responsibility. Yeah. Well, yeah. Guys, thanks very much for um, tuning in. Any of you there who are listening out in the world, if you want to write a few thoughts on a book on, on this follow this book that we're going to discuss next month called House of Glass, you can uh, contact us here on Leitrim Daily and we'd love to read out your thoughts on it. Um, we kind of agreed not to give marks out of 10, did we, Orla? Yes, we did, yep. Mary. Orla thinks it's just too mean. But um, we can we can we can put up our own here for nobody else to see. But <laughs> <laughs> we are on video here, guys, so um, we can see ourselves, but you guys can't. So anyway, thank you very much, and we talk to you next month on on the book club with Leitrim Daily to discuss House of Glass. Thanks very much for listening. <laughs>